Welcome to the Bible in 260 podcast, the podcast that brings you through the entire Bible in 260 days. Have you ever wanted to read the whole Bible but struggled to do so? This podcast is meant to help you do it. With five 15 to 20 minute episodes per week, you will hear the entire Bible read to you. There will also be occasional brief notes to help explain context, as well as a concluding question or thought to consider. So welcome to the Bible in 260 podcast, your journey through the Bible in 260 days. Welcome to episode 210. As we conclude the book of Jeremiah today, we'll hear the last part of God's warning of judgment against the people of Babylon, the empire there. And then we'll hear about the fall of Jerusalem once again, and end with a note of hope in the book of Jeremiah of God's returning the people to their land. At the same time, as we turn to 2 Peter 3, we'll hear about the day of the Lord, God's promised return of Jesus one day, a final day. And we'll see what it means that God warns about that day, but also why he delays in bringing about that final day. And so as we work today through these passages, we'll be thinking about, in one sense, the day of the Lord. Jeremiah 51, the Lord says, I will cause a destructive wind to blow against Babylon and the people who inhabit Babylonia. I will send people to winnow Babylonia like a wind blowing away chaff. They will winnow her and strip her land bare. This will happen when they come against her from every direction, when it is time to destroy her. Do not give her archers time to string their bows or to put on their coats of armor. Do not spare any of her young men, completely destroy her whole army. Let them fall slain in the land of Babylonia, mortally wounded in the streets of her cities. For Israel and Judah will not be forsaken by their God, the Lord of heaven's armies. For the land of Babylonia is full of guilt against the Holy One of Israel. Get out of Babylonia quickly, you foreign people. Flee to save your lives. Do not let yourselves be killed because of her sins. For it is time for the Lord to wreak his revenge. He will pay Babylonia back for what she has done. Babylonia had been a gold cup in the Lord's hand. She had made the whole world drunk. The nations had drunk from the wine of her wrath, so they all had gone mad. But suddenly, Babylonia will fall and be destroyed. Cry out in mourning over her. Get medicine for her wounds. Perhaps she can be healed. Foreigners living there will say, We tried to heal her, but she could not be healed. Let's leave Babylonia and each go back to his own country. For judgment on her will be vast in its proportions. It will be like it is piled up to heaven, stacked up into the clouds. The exiles from Judah will say, The Lord has brought about a great deliverance for us. Come on, let's go and proclaim in Zion what the Lord our God has done. Sharpen your arrows, fill your quivers. The Lord will arouse a spirit of hostility in the kings of Media, for he intends to destroy Babylonia. For that is how the Lord will get his revenge, how he will get his revenge for the Babylonians' destruction of his temple. Give the signal to attack Babylon's wall. Bring more guards, post them all around the city. Put men in ambush, for the Lord will do what he has planned. He will do what he has said he will do to the people of Babylon. You who live along the rivers of Babylon, the time of your end has come. You who are rich in plundered treasure, it is time for your lives to be cut off. The Lord of heaven's armies has solemnly swore, I will fill your land with enemy soldiers. They will swarm over it like locusts. They will rise up shouts of victory over it. He is the one who by his power made the earth. He is the one who by his wisdom fixed the world in place. By his understanding, he spread out the heavens. When his voice thunders, the waters in the heavens roar. 
He makes the clouds rise from the far-off horizons. He makes the lightning flash out of the midst of the rain. He unleashes the wind from the places where he stores it. All idolaters will prove to be stupid and arrogant, ignorant. Every goldsmith will be disgraced by the idol he made, for the images he forges is merely a sham. There is no breath in any of those idols. They are worthless, objects to be ridiculed. When the time comes to punish them, they will be destroyed. The Lord, who is the portion of the descendants of Jacob, is not like them. For he is the one who created everything, including the people of Israel, whom he claims as his own. His name is the Lord of heaven's armies. Babylon, you are my war club, my weapon for battle. I used you to smash the nations. I used you to destroy kingdoms. I used you to smash horses and their riders. I used you to smash chariots and their drivers. I used you to smash men and women. I used you to smash old men and young men. I used you to smash young men and young women. I used you to smash shepherds and their flocks. I used you to smash farmers and their teams of oxen. I used you to smash governors and leaders. But I will repay Babylon and all who live in Babylonia for all the wicked things they did in Zion right before the eyes of you, Judeans, says the Lord. The Lord says, Beware, I am opposed to you, Babylon. You are like a destructive mountain that destroys all the earth. I will unleash my power against you. I will roll you off the cliffs and make you like a burned-out mountain. No one will use any of your stones as a cornerstone. No one will use any of them in the foundation of his house. For you will lie desolate forever, says the Lord. Raise up battle flags throughout the lands. Sound the trumpets calling the nations to do battle. Prepare the nations to do battle against Babylonia. Call for these kingdoms to attack her, Ararat, Mini, and Ashkenaz. Appoint a commander to lead the attack. Send horses against her like a swarm of locusts. Prepare the nations to do battle against her. Prepare the kings of Medes. Prepare the governors and all their leaders. Prepare all the countries they rule to do battle against her. The earth will tremble and writhe in agony, for the Lord will carry out his plan, his plans to make the land of Babylonia a wasteland where no one lives. The soldiers of Babylonia will stop fighting. They will remain in their fortified cities. They will lose their strength to do battle. They will be frightened as women. The houses in her cities will be set on fire. The gates of her cities will be broken down. One runner after another will come to the king of Babylon. One messenger after another will come bringing news. They will bring the news to the king of Babylon that his whole city has been captured. They will report that the fords have been captured. The reed marshes have been burned. The soldiers are terrified. For the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of Israel says, Fair Babylon will be like a threshing floor that has been trampled flat for harvest. The time for her to be cut down and harvested will come very soon. King King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon devoured me and drove my people out. Like a monster from the deep, he swallowed me. He filled his belly with my riches. He made me an empty dish. He completely cleaned me out. The person who lives in Zion says, May Babylon pay for the violence done to me and to my relatives. Jerusalem says, May those living in Babylonia pay for the bloodshed of my people. Therefore the Lord says, I will stand up for your cause. I will pay the Babylonians back for what they have done to you. I will dry up their sea. I will make their springs run dry. Babylon will become a heap of ruins. Jackals will make their home there. It will become an object of horror and of hissing scorn, a place where no one lives. The Babylonians are like the lions roaring for prey. They are like lion cubs cubs growling for something to eat. When their appetites are all stirred up, I will set out a banquet for them. I will make them drunk so that they will pass out. They will fall asleep forever. They will never wake up, says the Lord. 
I will lead them off to be slaughtered like lambs, rams, and male goats. See how Babylon has been captured. See how the pride of the whole earth has been taken. See what an object of horror Babylon has become among the nations. The sea has swept over Babylon. She has been covered by a multitude of its waves. The towns of Babylonia have become heaps of ruins. She has become a dry and barren desert. No one lives in those towns anymore. No one even passes through them. I will punish the god Bel in Babylon. I will make him spit out what he has swallowed. The nations will not come streaming to him any longer. Indeed, the walls of Babylon will fall. Get out of Babylon, my people. Flee to save your lives from the fierce anger of the Lord. Do not lose lose your courage or become afraid because of the reports that you heard in the land. For a report will come in one year. Another report will follow it in the next. There will be violence in the land with ruler fighting against ruler. So the time will certainly come when I will punish the idols of Babylon. Her whole land will be put to shame. All her mortally wounded will collapse in her midst. Then heaven and earth and all that is in them will sing for joy over Babylon, for destroyers from the north will attack it, says the Lord. Babylon must fall because of the Israelites she has killed, just as the earth's mortally wounded fell because of Babylon. You who have escaped the sword, go, do not delay. Remember the Lord in a faraway land. Think about Jerusalem. We are ashamed because we have been insulted. Our faces show our disgrace, for foreigners have invaded the holy rooms in the Lord's temple. Yes, but the time will certainly come, says the Lord, when I will punish their idols. Throughout her land, their mortality, mortally wounded will groan. Even if Babylon climbs high into the sky and fortifies her elevated stronghold, I will send destroyers against her, says the Lord. Cries of anguish will come up from Babylon, the sound of great destruction from the land of the Babylonians. For the Lord is ready to destroy Babylon and to put an end to her loud noise. Their waves will roar like turbulent waters. They will make a deafening noise. For a destroyer is attacking Babylon. Her warriors will be captured. Their bows will be broken. For the Lord is a God who punishes. He pays back in full. I will make her officials and wise men drunk, along with her governors, leaders, and warriors. They will fall asleep forever and never wake up, says the king, whose name is the Lord of Heaven's armies. This is what the Lord of Heaven's armies says. Babylon's thick wall will be completely demolished. Her high gates will be set on fire. The people strive for what she for what does not satisfy, the nations grow weary, trying to get what will be destroyed. And this is the order Jeremiah the prophet gave Zariah son of Neriah, son of Messiah, when he sent to the king Zedekiah of Judah in Babylon during the four, fourth year of his reign. Zariah was a quartermaster. Jeremiah recorded on one scroll all the judgments that would come upon Babylon, all these prophecies written about Babylon. Then Jeremiah said to Zariah, When you arrive in Babylon, make sure you read aloud all these prophecies. Then say, O Lord, you have announced that you will destroy this place so that no people or animals live in it any longer. Certainly it will lie desolate forever. When you finish reading this scroll aloud, tie a stone to it and throw it into the middle of the Euphrates River. Then say, In the same way Babylon will sink and never rise again because of the disaster I am ready to bring upon her. They will grow faint. The prophecies of Jeremiah and here. And Zedekiah was 21 years old when he became king, and he ruled in Jerusalem for 11 years. His mother's name was Hamutal, daughter of Jeremiah, from Libna. He did what displeased the Lord, just as Jehoiakim had done. And what follows is a record of what happened to Jerusalem and Judah because of the Lord's anger when he drove them out of his sight. Zedekiah rebelled against the king of Babylon. King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon came against Jerusalem with his whole army and set up camp outside it. They built siege ramps around it, 
He, it arrived, he arrived on the 10th day of the 10th month in the ninth year that Zedekiah ruled over Judah. The city remained under siege until Zedekiah's 11th year. By the ninth day of the fourth month, the famine in the city was so severe the residents had no food. They broke through the city walls and the, all the soldiers tried to escape. They left the city during the night. They went through the gate between the two walls that is near the king's garden. The Babylonians had the city surrounded. Then they headed for the Rift Valley, but the Babylonian army chased after the king. They caught up with Zedekiah in the plains of Jericho, and his entire army deserted him. They captured him and brought him up to the king of Babylon at Riblah in the territory of Hamath, and he passed sentence on them there. The king of Babylon had Zedekiah's sons put to death while Zedekiah was forced to watch. He also had all the nobles of Judah put to death there at Riblah. He had Zedekiah's eyes put out and had him bound in chains. Then the king of Babylon had him led off to Babylon, and he was imprisoned there until the day he died. On the tenth day of the fifth month, in the nineteenth year of King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon, Nebuzaradan, the captain of the royal guard who served the king of Babylon, arrived in Jerusalem. He burned down the Lord's temple, the royal palace, and all the houses in Jerusalem, including every large house. The whole Babylonian army that came with the captain of the royal guard tore down the walls that surrounded Jerusalem. Nebuzaradan, the captain of the royal guard, took into exile some of the poor, the rest of the people who remained in the city, those who had deserted to the king of Babylon, and the rest of the craftsmen. He left behind some of the poor and gave them fields and vineyards. The Babylonians broke the two bronze pillars of the temple of the Lord, as well as the movable stands and the large bronze basin called the sea. They took all the bronze to Babylon. They also took the pots, shovels, and trimming shears, basins, pans, and all the bronze utensils used by the priests. The captain of the royal guard took the gold and silver bowls, censers, basins, pots, lampstands, pans, and vessels. The bronze of the items that King Solomon had made for the Lord's temple, including the two pillars, the large bronze basin called the sea, and the twelve bronze bulls under the sea, and the movable stands, was too heavy to be weighed. Each of the pillars was about 27 feet high, about 18 feet in circumference, three inches thick and hollow. The bronze top on one of the pillars was about seven and a half feet high and had bronze latticework and pomegranate-shaped ornaments all around it. The second pillar with its pomegranate-shaped ornaments was like it. There were 96 pomegranate-shaped ornaments on the sides. In all, there were 100 pomegranate-shaped ornaments over the latticework that were went around it. The captain of the royal guard took Zariah the chief priest, Zephaniah the priest who was second in rank, and the three doorkeepers. From the city, he took an official who was in charge of the soldiers, seven of the king's advisors who were discovered in the city, an, arm, an official army secretary who drafted citizens for military service, and 60 citizens who were discovered in the middle of the city. Nebuzaradan, the captain of the royal guard, took them and brought them to the king of Babylon at Riblah. The king of Babylon ordered them to be executed at Riblah in the territory of Hamath. So Judah was taken into exile away from its land. Here is the official record of the number of people Nebuchadnezzar carried into exile. In the seventh year, 3,023 Jews. In Nebuchadnezzar's eighteenth year, 832 people from Jerusalem. In Nebuchadnezzar's twenty-third year, Nebuzaradan, the captain of the royal guard, carried into exile 745 Judeans. In all, 4,600 people went into exile. In the thirty-seventh year of the exile of King Jehoiakim of Judah, in the twenty-fifth day of the twelfth month, King Evil Merodach of Babylon, in the first year of his reign, pardoned King Jehoiakim of Judah and released him from prison. He spoke kindly to him and gave him a more prestigious position 
than the other kings who were with him in Babylon. Jehoiakim took off his prison clothes and ate daily in the king's presence for the rest of his life. He was given daily provisions by the king of Babylon for the rest of his life until the day he died. And so ends the book of Jeremiah. God making all these prophecies through Jeremiah and this last section basically recapping what happened to Jerusalem, showing that God kept his word and brought that judgment on the people. That the day finally did come. And now we'll turn to 2 Peter 3, where Peter warns the people that God is going to come. Jesus will return on the final day, the day of the Lord. And he tells them to be ready and how to be ready for that day and why God delays as as we wait for that day to happen. So 2 Peter chapter 3. Dear friends, this is already the second letter I have written to you, in which I am trying to stir up in your mind by way of reminder I want you to recall both the predictions foretold by the holy prophets and the commandment of the Lord and Savior through your apostles. Above all, understand this. In the last days, blatant scoffers will come, being propelled by their own evil urges, and saying, Where is his promised return? For ever since our ancestors died, all things have continued as they were from the beginning of creation. For they deliberately suppressed this fact, that by the word of God the heavens existed long ago, and an earth was formed out of water and by means of water. Through these things the world existing at that time was destroyed when it was deluged with water. But by the same word, the present heavens and earth have been reserved for fire, by being kept for the day of judgment and destruction of the ungodly. Now, dear friends, do not let this one thing escape your notice, that a single day is like a thousand years with the Lord and a thousand years are like a single day. The Lord is not slow concerning his promise, as some regard slowness, but is being patient toward you because he does not wish for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. When it comes, the heavens will disappear with a horrific noise, and the celestial bodies will melt away in a blaze, and the earth and every deed done on it will be laid bare. Since all these things are to melt away in this manner, what sort of people must you be, conducting your lives in holiness and godliness, while waiting for and hastening the coming of the day of the Lord? Because of this day, the heavens will be burned up and dissolve, and the celestial bodies will melt away in a blaze. But according to his promise, we are waiting for new heavens and a new earth, in which righteousness truly resides. Therefore, dear friends, since you are waiting for these things, strive to be found at peace, without spot or blemish, when you come into his presence, and regard the patience of our Lord as salvation, just as also our dear brother Paul wrote to you, according to the wisdom given to him, speaking of these things in all his letters. Some things in these letters are hard to understand, things that the ignorant and unstable twist to their own destruction, as they also do to the rest of scriptures. Therefore, dear friends, since you have been forewarned, Be on your guard that you do not get led astray by the error of these unprincipled men and fall from your firm grasp of the truth. But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the honor both now and on that eternal day. And so Peter warns, the day of the Lord is coming. And while people say, well, when's it ever going to come? Peter says, it's not coming right now yet because God is being patient and wants people to turn in this time before he returns to repent and to turn to him 
and that they too can experience the grace and the mercy that is found in Jesus Christ alone. And so we wait for God's day to come, but in the meantime, we share this good news, if we're Christians, so that people might come to know the wonderful good news of who Jesus is, the grace that is found in him, so that that final day when Jesus returns is not a day of judgment for us, but a day of rejoicing and renewed and restored creation. Thanks for listening to the Bible in 260 podcast. May what you have heard speak to your heart and mind today. The scriptures quoted are from the Net Bible, http netbible.com, copyright 1996-2019, used with permission from Biblical Studies Press, LLC, all rights reserved. Our theme song for the podcast is The Call by Emily Ruth. You can find The Call and other music by Emily Ruth on Apple Music or Spotify or wherever you find your music. You're